Welcome to the Man on Second podcast on Real Voices of the Game. I'm Joe Forsara with our co-host and producer, Dave D'Agostino. Uh, and, it, and for everyone, it's good to be back uh, after a couple of weeks off. I was on vacation. I was out in Arizona for a little bit more in a week. Uh, thanks to Dave and, and uh, Daniel Alvarez for pinch hitting and uh, stepping in while I was gone. Uh, out in Arizona was fun. I was able to you know catch a couple of Diamondback games. Uh, so one where I caught up with Zach Allen and JT Real Muto, two guys I covered when they were with the Marlins. I was glad to hook up with them. And that night, Real Muto actually hit for the cycle, so that was pretty exciting. Uh, but today we'll be talking about baseball at more of the grassroots level, and that's one of the beauties I – uh, about this podcast in our network. We are real voices of the game after all. And our guest today is Alejandro Puig. He's a shortstop at Pembroke Pines Charter High School in South Florida. And Alejandro recently committed to Dartmouth. We'll get more into his story. Uh, but before we bring in Alejandro, let's bring in Dave D'Agostino with some announcements. Dave, how you doing, buddy? A long time. Yeah, we missed you. We missed you. Uh, great pinch hitter with, with Daniel Alvarez. I thought he did a nice job filling in for you. And Thanks for your patience with me getting back. I was away a little bit too with our our one on one baseball group. Got invited to a top four hundred tournament and did really well for us. So we're proud of them with that. But I'm back too and busy day today. And we just want a message to our subscribers: nineteen thousand six hundred plus climbing as as we talk right now. Continue to download, listen, like, subscribe, rate, and review. The rate and review helps us battle the podcast world analytics, much like we do in baseball. Watch or listen to us. I should say Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is a great way to connect with us. You can also get with Joe with his man on second social accounts. Facebook, I get back to one person each day live. We keep climbing as we, we record podcasts today. We're over 700 now. I've got to get back to today on a Friday. 72 countries, grassroots MLB front offices, just trying to build a better baseball IQ out there. And as our veteran audience listeners ask me to read this to our new listeners, just as you listen, prepare to embrace some of the uncomfortable truths about baseball, life, sports. As this program, like all others, just has no time for comforting lies. We hit you right between the eyes, and we've got a great voice today. A little bit different take on our interview. We've done one of these before with a grassroots player, that being my son, Tanner. And uh, Joe, I'll let you introduce our guest and, and get going. Great young man. I had a pleasure of speaking with him last night for a half hour plus. And uh, he embodies exactly what we want our student athletes to be like. Um, so I'm glad you had him on today. We're honored. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's great to have Alejandro on. We'll bring him on in a second. And and just echoing what, what David said that, yeah, uh, as everyone knows, I've I covered big leagues and still co do cover the big leagues, and it's so exciting to be at that level. But I'm really in this phase of uh, my career. I've been out at uh, doing a lot of stuff with the high school, a lot of grassroots. Actually, a project I'm working on right now is a showcase uh, called uh, Baseball Highlight Network Showcase. That's a little group I'm working with here in Broward County and South Florida, and um, that'll be on July 12th. And, and one of our participants is going to be Alejandro Puig. And uh, just quick background, uh, Alejandro, he just completed his junior year. He'll be going into his senior year of high school. Uh, really quality player, quality, very high quality person. And uh, he'll be going to his senior year. And we're going to congratulate him on this opportunity he has, you know, when he gets out of college at Dartmouth. And, um, you know, with no further ado, let's bring in Alejandro Puig. Alejandro, how you doing, buddy? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you yeah. so much. First, I'd like to thank Mr. Fasaro and Mr. D'Agostino for having me on the Real Voices of the Game Productions. I'm truly honored to be here and definitely excited. Yeah, and, and we are excited to have you as well. Uh, catch people up to you know, speed to, obviously, you know, tell them a little bit of your journey. You know, you went into your junior year uncommitted. 
Uh, you had a very strong year on a really quality of Pembroke Pines charter team. Um, and uh, you made a name for yourself and then created an opportunity for yourself with Dartmouth. Kind of take us through where your head was at last year at this time. And now this year, you know, as you're going to enter your senior year with a, a pretty high quality college waiting for you. So last year at this time, like as many uncommitted players may start to feel, we um, we start to feel very like anxious thinking, wow, like no colleges are interested yet. Like, dang, like what's happening? But um, sure enough, I trusted the process. I talked to my parents who were there with me throughout the whole thing. My coaches, like my friends, my family, they were always there for me. And slowly but surely, I started to like keep working hard, grinding, going to the gym and everything. And slowly um, but surely, everything starts to pay off. And um, a famous quote that I like to that I always like to repeat to myself is that God does not let a sacrifice go undone. So all the sacrifices that like I've made for the game, like it slowly started to like reward me in like small bits and pieces throughout the season and tra- transferring into the summer. And I'm just extremely blessed to be able to like be here right now. Yeah. And, you know, along that way, you know, our paths intersected because, you know, for SB Live, Scorebook Live, um, I was doing freelance stuff for them and and still do. And SB Live, I was like, um, you know, someone who's like I said, I've covered the big leagues for a long, long time. They <laughs> kind of let me do what I want to do. And I kind of pick and choose the games I want to go to. And well, one thing, Pembroke Pines Charters feels not too far from my house, but I go out there and I'm watching Pembroke Pines Charter play. And I'm noticing this shortstop. And keep in mind, it's a great – Carlos Iglesias does a great job coaching that, that program, all great kids, and really enjoy my time out at the, at the park. But I'm watching all of them, and I'm looking to see who catches my eye, and I see this shortstop, and he's I can see he's very athletic. I can see he swings the bat well. He runs well. Um, I'm watching him, you know, in warm-ups between innings. His throws are there. His focus is there. And, and it's Alejandro Puig I'm watching. And and I'm pledged to and feel obligated to give exposure and help promote these names. And I think you hit home run that day, Alejandro. <laughs> and I happen to have the video of it. And I shoot that out on Twitter and my social. And I say, keep an eye on this kid. And uh, and you've been eternally grateful since. And, and I'm grateful that to you that you're such a representative of our sport and, and you know, Talk about that. No, thank you so much, Joe. Again, like it was amazing, like you coming down to see me and like just out of all the people on the field, for some reason, like you were you found like me, like the most like attractive on the field. And I'm like, I'm truly like thankful for that. Um, As far as that game, I remember we were playing um a top team, North Broward Prep, who had, um I believe, a starter that was committed to um, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah, Mississippi yeah. State. And of course, like the, as far as the game, it didn't go as planned. You know, we lost by like a lot. But as a player, like that never discourages me to like continue playing the game hard and one hundred percent. And he was throwing a perfect game against us. And I remember I got up to bat, and I was like, you know what? Like this, this, this doesn't discourage me. Like as a player, so I did my best, and sure enough, somehow I got some. I got a home run. I hit a home run, and it was just amazing. And then the fact that like. You were able to like just like see that and everything. It was just an amazing moment overall. Yeah, just more about it. Ryan McPherson's the pitcher we're talking about, a really high quality pitcher, Mississippi State. Uh, and he wasn't messing around. He had a big lead, but he was attacking. He's throwing mid nineties fastballs, and and Alejandro takes him to left field and and turns on it. And I'm like, 
that looked good, you know, in terms of if you're if you're an evaluator. And again, I'm evaluating everybody I see and the kids who stand out. And and um, and after from that point on, I'm like, there's something about this kid, you know, in you. And uh, and it's like the fact that yes, they won big, but you're still playing hard. And I think I told you, if not that night, uh, when I saw you the next time, you never know who's watching you. And there could be, and the thing about North Broward Prep, I believe they lost in the state championship game, but they they were they won the championship in in, in twenty two, and they lost in the championship game in twenty three. With a very very talented team, and you know, but they're playing the game like at about three thirty on a Wednesday or something like that. So there's not a lot of parents even there yet. So it's it's very hot because it's Florida, and um, and you start looking, you're saying you just don't know. There could be ten people in the stands, but you don't know who's in there, who who's watching you. And and we've had these discussions with Alejandro that good or bad, people are watching you. And I hope that that message got to you. And I know every time people watch you, they see hustle, they see you know a positive attitude, and obviously your talent speaks for itself. You know how much does, does that take away for of a takeaway you get there, Alejandro? Well, for one, again, like you've said, one of the biggest thing pre- biggest things preached in baseball is that you never know who's watching. That's been told to me by like my dad, my coaches, as like I've been rising up in this game, and I've always taken that to heart. So every time I'm running off the running out of the dugout, I sprint out to the field, I sprint back, um, I display positive like body language. If I strike out, you know, like, yeah, sometimes it can be frustrating, but there's no point in like do it, like throwing the bat or like getting angry because this is a game of failure and it's just about how you deal with these failures. And I've learned like, as long as like you just like believe in yourself and continue to have confidence, things will surely go your way. Yeah. And you know what? There was also another moment in that game too, because I was over to, to get an, an angle to shoot video. Um, it's not always the easiest, especially with the hard chain link fences, because your camera work with the iPhone after all. Um, you're, there's only so much you can do with that that angle. So I'm more on the visitors' uh, dugout side there, and I'm yeah. watching. And and like I said, it's North Broward Prep, a, a super talented team. And again, they they lead off, and their number two or three hitter was Riley Luft. I don't know if you know Riley. But he's another yeah, kid. Yeah, we actually played Riley in the tournament that um we just we just finished playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and Riley's another one of my my guys who I always kind of pump up as well. He was on deck, and I just hear the game starts, and it's very flat, it's very hot, it's like there's no noise, and he's just on deck in front of me, and he's not doing it to impress anyone. He goes, "Hey, come on, dugout, let's let's get some chatter, let's let's kind of wake up." Mm-hmm. And I I asked him after the game about that. I said, "Are you a vocal leader? Are you?" you know, a guy who will speak up and he kind of said he'll say something when he feels it has to be said. But that struck me too, because here's a guy wanting to get himself and his teammates locked into the game. And, but it was, it was just dead air at that point. And he kind of woke up his dugout. And again, that's something that I believe Riley's got an Appalachian state commitment. Uh, he's a high quality player coming back as well, but, but I just want to give a shout out to him. But, um, and then, you know, we, we passed this along. I passed along to Todd Hollinsworth. And, you know, Todd Hollinsworth, obviously, former player, former National League Rookie of the Year. I knew knew Holly well when I covered him in 03 when he was on the Marlins and covering that magical 03 World Series uh, championship season. Mm-hmm. And then Holly came back, and he was uh, part of the Marlins broadcast team, and he, he lives down here, his son, Tug, and he's got several other sons, too, of play 
uh, in South Florida, and he's at, at, at Cardinal Gibbons. And I had told Holly when Cardinal Gibbons came in to, to, play, to play Pines Charter here, I said, keep an eye on the shortstop, Alejandro Puig. And what happens that day, Alejandro? You homer again, right in front of Mr. Hollinsworth. We had talked about Todd, you know, Todd and I, we had talked about right here with Dave, right here on our podcast, and, and kind of tell people that apparently the people at Dartmouth were listening. Yes. So first of all, again, like I'd like to extend a big thank you to you and um, Mr. Um, Hollinsworth for talking about me. He's talking so highly and greatly about me during this podcast, because, yes, it did. I believe it did play a role in helping Dartmouth, like start to get a better feel for how I was as a person, because um, we Mike, I sent I sent the podcast to my coach, um, Anthony Gutierrez, for um, my summer team. And he ended up um, sending that podcast to some of the coaches at Dartmouth. And they did listen to it. And I remember one of them saying they just, they loved it. They loved everything about it. So this podcast, like you guys do what you like, you guys shine light on these on players that like are uncommitted and stuff like that. And it's just an amazing thing. It truly is amazing. Dave, jump in. Yeah. Alejandro, as you know, we're, we're an audio show only, so people can't get a visual view. I got a question for you, but I want you to just kind of paint a picture of you right now. Give the basics here, height, weight, throw, hit. Get, get, get the audience at base so they can get an idea of what your dimensions are like. Okay, so I'm six foot, 160, 165 range um, for weight. Um, my, my throwing velocity, I sit low low 80s, top like 80, 86 from shortstop. Um, exit velocity, I recently was able to get exit velocity of 90 off of the tee, but um, in-game, I like off of soft toss, I've produced exit velocity of 91 plus miles per hour. And... My fastest six-yard dash so far has been a six-eight, which I'm still trying to get down. <laughs> but um, so far, yes. And I'm uh, primarily a shortstop, and um, I'm also a utility player. Yeah. Stay at shortstop, buddy. We'll have to introduce <laughs> you to Coach Sal here on our network with the hot corner. He'll get that sixty time down to six-two in no time. Really? Um, so, que- question for you now. You, you talk the, the two. You hit two words I wrote down that are going to appear in the post-show headline. You talked about body language. You talked about hustle. That's old school. That's that's what we like to see. That's what we like to hear. But how did uh, you you know you talk to your college journey? The college journey. Kids are in such a hurry nowadays. You talked about the anxiety that you went through. Some other kids go through because you're playing this travel scene since you're eight years old for the most part. Yeah. And the baseball process happens more slowly. You know, you saw that the college season ending. There's two thousand plus kids in the transfer portal. So colleges are rebuilding their rosters for the season they're getting ready to play this upcoming year. So they still don't even know what they've got. Half the rosters are turned over. So um, in, in saying that, how did Dartmouth come to see you? What was that process like for you? When did they see you first? You know, what was the follow-up? To take us through that journey a little bit. So that journey is definitely one to go down in the books. And I actually was planning maybe on writing a book on it in the future called You Never Know Who's Watching. So Basically, it's the first game of it's the first game of the summer, first tournament with my summer team, Florida Frenzy, and again coached by Anthony Gutierrez, which is a former Barry coaching um, pitcher. And um, it's the first game of the season, so he, I mean, the first game of the summer, so he didn't really know me as a player. He had me um, sitting on the bench. He had me batting eighth, which again is like um, it, I'm just I'm grateful to be in the lineup. And um, there's apparently a uh, Dartmouth scout there for a pitcher on the other team. He's pitching at least like in the low 90s, high 80s, what so like so and so around there. 
And I know it's my second at bat. I go up to the plate and I believe there's a man on first base. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? Like, let me just, let me do some damage right here. And I believe it's a 2-0 count or I want to say one, wait, no. Yeah, two and one maybe. And he comes with a curveball. He leaves it hanging high, like, and then he leaves it a little high. And I take it deep, deep, deep. I take it to um dead center, hit like the top of the batter's eye with a wood bat in the first tournament of the summer. And it's just I get a I get a double out of it, and it's just amazing. And everyone's hyped up, the team's hyped up. And according to my coach, the scout walked around the field from the first base dugout side. He came to our dugout side and instantly started talking to my coach. And he had interest in not only me, but a few players on my team, but he especially had interest in me, which I'm very thankful for. And then from there on, they said they'll keep contact. So sure enough, um, like days go by, my coach keeps the contact between them. My recruiting agency also like was able to like get some contact in there, which is Crossroads Recruits. And um, my coach ended up getting the uh, Dartmouth scout to come to the second tournament of like the, the summer. And during that game, I remember he knew that he was coming, but I had already earned my my um, spot at shortstop and batting third during that time. And he had me starting shortstop. The Dartmouth scout came, and this was a different scout because they wanted to send a different pair of eyes. Sure. And um, basically, he loved everything he saw. He loved the way I run out, run out on ran out on the field. He loved the way like I hustled. He loved the way like my attitude, my energy. In more specific, they just said they loved my energy, and I did very well that game too. I went two for three. So then after that, later that night, he called me, and from there, the recruiting process had started. Yeah. So I think a more amazing uh, feat right there is all of a sudden your coach that's with you every day, you went from batting eighth to third. That's a heck of a jump right there. That's more <laughs> impressive than the Dartmouth uh, visual. <laughs> um, just uh, one quick follow-up on that. Now, Dartmouth obviously has communications with you. One of the key cash questions that we always have our prospects ask, and and uh, we we work with prospects as well with with one on one over five hundred. Now we've helped get to college on scholarship in the last four years. One of the questions we have them ask the colleges is that, how do you see my game? And that way they're describing back to you exactly what they visualize because you want to be valued and you want to be seen for who you are. So with that question. How does Dartmouth see your game and your future uh, as you as you go through their, their admissions process? So for now, they've projected me to be a long-term shortstop, which I'm very thankful for. But again, they said anything can change. Like if I go like to Dartmouth and for whatever reason, like they need me at a different position. Thankfully, I was taught to play all positions. Like I'm a utility player, so I can always play any position that's needed. But for right now, they just love like the fact that I'm a shortstop, and they said they believe that I can help like the team in the future. Yeah, that's a great projection. And remember, everybody loves shortstops because shortstops can, you know, that's usually the best athlete on the team. So I'm going to give you my advice right there. You cling to shortstop as long as you can. You got it. Thank you. You got a great attitude right there about I'll play anywhere. But when you go in there, you have that attitude outwardly, but you in your mind think this is my job. Every kid that they rec- – because they're going to recruit four more shot- shortstops the next year, and they're going to say the same thing. Hey, well, we can convert shortstop. 
you fight tooth and nail to keep that job for four years. You got it? Sir, thank you. Okay. Y'all turn it back to you. Yeah, yeah, that's some some great stories and great stuff. And I hope for our younger listeners and the and the parents of, of players that they're paying attention and and just to the details and the and the, the never say die, the no quit attitude that Alejandro is is uh, displaying, which is is very clear in this in this podcast. And um, you know, you say something interesting. And I remember when when my son was was playing at actually he was playing at um uh, what is it uh. Pembroke Lakes, you know, the, the fields right there where Pines Charter plays. And my boy was on a team and he was on the younger level. It might've been 11 and 12 years old team. And he was like the 11 year old and he had just had left a travel team. He was kind of in transition. He was new to this one team and it was a pretty loaded team. And they never would, the first six hitters were always like the 12 year olds. And the, and then the seventh hitter was, would be the 11th year old. That's where my, my son would hit. And at first he was playing like, you know, he had to play three innings a game, but he wasn't starting. And I'm like, what's going on, Jacob? And he's like, don't worry, I'll, I'll make my opportunity. And and then it's like he gets into a game because he, you know, my son was, was, was small. And the kid who was like one of the better hitters on the team, a 12-year-old, he had a commitment like on a Saturday. And so he wasn't playing. We were playing. Our team was playing like a team that was considered like the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. And the, our coach, I even overheard him saying, we're going to lose that game because the kid, let's say the kid's name was Jordan. Jordan isn't going to be here. Well, my son Jacob played. He went four for four. That team, his team won and and then went on and won the championship. And my son was was playing, basically had hitting seventh and only sixth if, a, if there were five 12-year-olds that were there and then others. And they, they went on. They won the championship that year in that group. And the coach after the, after the season, he, he said something about every kid on the team. And he said, um, he said, yes, we uh, like, he praised the, the, the 12 year olds and he praised, he praised a group of 11 year olds. And then he said, and I want to mention something about this one kid, Jacob. He said, this kid's an all-star caliber player who would be hitting at the top of everybody's lineup here. I wouldn't do that to him. I wouldn't let him hit higher than, than any 12 year olds. And I only did out of respect for the 12 year olds and the fact we were winning. He said, but this kid has a bright future and he's, you know, and it just as a parent, I was so proud of him because his attitude was just take what was given to him. And he showed them and he has, he has the trophy of doing his part and, you know, his, his physical limitations only took him so far, but his mental aptitude got him to the big leagues as a, as a pro side scout for the Arizona Diamondbacks at 28 years old and he got hired at 23. So again, these are the stories of Alejandro Puig being the next generation. You don't have to have worn the uniform even past the high school level to have a, a spot in this sport. And, and I hope that see, these are some lessons that, that our listeners are getting at. And now Alejandro, just, to, just to speak to that, you know, we obviously everyone wants to play in the big leagues, but what do you know, I, I look at it this way. You get that next opportunity, you never know what's going to happen. And I'm really happy and just, you know, how you kind of view now you have a senior year coming up, uh, you know, how you how you plan on moving forward to being even a better player. Yes. So like you said, um, Mr. Fasaro, there's one saying that I like to like live by also is um, people say sky's the limit. But why sky the limit when there's foot on the moon, when there's footprints on the moon? And I love that saying so much because 
the commitment to Dartmouth is, or the commitment to Dartmouth admissions process is just the beginning in my, in, in like of my goal. My long-term goal is to make it to the MLB and hopefully like be one of the best to play. And like, that's a dream of mine that, has ha- that I've had since I've been playing baseball, which I started playing baseball since I was three. And I feel like if you set your goals long-term, you will slowly start to, um, what's it called, accomplish each each milestone slowly and slowly. And different people have different paths. And now my next path right now, my next goal to focus on right now is potentially having like one of the best high school seasons I can possibly have. So right now going into my senior year, I'm ready to lead my team with like everything I can, um, share as many tips, help as many players um, overall, and just like hopefully bring home states, you know, that's the goal. Yeah. And speak to something that you, you said before we, we went on. What what do you do with the this is to our audience to show with the caliber of kid that Alejandro is. What do you do when you when the JV team's playing? Oh, so when the JV team is playing, I love to be what's it called at the games. I love to coach them. Um, I actually was at um, a game coaching, I believe, a few weeks. Wait, let me see. Yeah, a few weeks ago when the season was still on. And um, I just love supporting them and coaching them and passing on the torch. Um, as we spoke about before, I love learn everything I learned from coaches and that's taught to me. I love to pass it on to the next generation and like help work with them. For example, I'll be at shortstop working with some um, JV players and I'll tell them, look, round the ball this way. Get that hop before it like um, eats you up. And I'll also throw BP to them. And, like, they all love me. And I love them all, too, man. It's amazing. Like, it's just amazing connection to be able to have with the next gener- the next generation that's coming up. It's beautiful. Jump in, Dave. Uh, and, Alejandro, I know, obviously, you, you just weren't uh, dropped from the sky like Superman. You, you have parents. And uh, you, their upbringing is loud and clear here to our audience. A lot of our show is we're trying to help parents become the first educator of their kids so they're not relying upon all these skill coaches, swing coaches, throwing coaches. So talk to your parents a little bit. Talk to our audience about some of the lessons that they've taught you that you bring to the ball field every day and to your influence on some of these younger kids. My parents, like, have I, – I feel like I'm blessed to be able to call them my parents because the amount of things they've done for me, the amount of sacrifices they, they have done for me, it truly is, like, amazing. Like, since, a little, since I've been a little kid, they've installed – like respect, humbleness. They've taught me um, kindness, how to love people, treat women with respect, which I feel like is a big thing during this day and age, and just so much more. And like, I can never, I couldn't be grateful enough to have them as my parents. And um, they've, like, almost everyone loves my dad. I know um, Mr. Fasaro had the opportunity oh, yeah. to meet him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Echo and, that. Yeah. And, and Todd Hollinsworth as well. They yeah. got to meet each other. Yes, and he he's just like he gives an aura that I like. I try to like um be like him. I try and like always be like just as I how would I say <laughs> as open and like loving as he is. Yeah. And my yeah. mom the same way. She's she's a bit more quiet, but once you get to know her, she's like the most like amazing person like you ever meet in your life. You know. Well, I know. Obviously, uh, I don't want you to have to speak about specifics in terms of your numbers as far as academics go, because that's private information. But we all know that Dartmouth's one of the top academic schools in the world. Um, you're looking at, you know, minimum SAT scores of, you know, 1,200. You're looking at AP classes, extracurricular activities. They're recruiting the whole package there. And it doesn't hurt that you can play shortstop and hit the baseball too, I would imagine. But um, 
talk to the importance of academics in your household. Oh, yes. One of the biggest things that my dad has instilled in me and my sister would be that we are student athletes. Before any athletic um, privileges and stuff like that, we must be like doing very well in the classroom. And by this, I mean on the way to trips and stuff like that. In the past, I would have my computer, my laptop in the back, doing my work, doing anything I needed to do. And definitely that always comes first. And my dad like emphasizes this so much because his his dad didn't have the opportunity to be able to be on top of him because my dad he had came he came from Cuba and moved to New York when he was 5 and obviously when he just came all his parents were trying to do were put food on the table for him so they weren't able to be as inclined in the classroom as he's been able to um instill in me and my sister so that's why he's so on top of like um education as a whole well, I love that. It's important for our kids listening. Like we said, 72 countries, we're hitting grassroots in, in a lot of different programs. In fact, it's required listening in some of the grassroots national programs. So great message to them. And, and um, you would obviously, uh, Dartmouth would obviously be, rec- wouldn't be recruiting you if you weren't the caliber of student to be there. And, and you've committed to their process, a long process, an arduous process, but it seems like you've got the makeup to make it all the way through. Go ahead, Alejandro. He had something to add. Yeah. Also, another thing I wanted to mention is that my dad has always told me since I was a little kid, he said, there's one thing that will separate you from all the other baseball players in this game. And I, w- I, would, I would be like, what is it? And he, will say, and he would say, it's your grades. It's your academics. Because there can be someone with the same skill level as you, some people even more talented than you. There are going to be people more talented than you. And he told me, one thing that will separate you are your grades. And that's one thing like that I'm thankful for him telling me when I was a well, kid. Yep. Great advice. Grades will separate you. Plus not to belabor the point that you hit earlier, but body language is a, is a window to mental toughness that will separate you also as will hustle. Those are things that everybody can do. And, you know, academics is a matter of prioritizing it, having that emphasized by the people around you and just sitting down like everything else and just doing it and uh, not being afraid to ask for help. So great advice from your parents. You articulated it perfectly. Um, Joe, I'll pass it back to you. Yeah, you know, uh, and Dave knows this, uh, Kevin Kernan on the Coach and Kernan Show, which Kevin does with with Dave, always asks the guest, his guest, their guest, when I say sign off, to define what it is to be a baseball player, to what it define is to be a ball player. And I'm going to ask you that, Alejandro, to you, what do you feel, and you can answer any way you want, defines a baseball player i feel what defines a baseball player is more than just what you do on the baseball field i feel like you have to be a good person from within as the same you have to display that on the field because whatever you do on the field in my opinion is what you take out in the real world and um one of those things is just understanding how to like deal with failure because failure again is one of the biggest things in this game and understanding how to cope with it, understanding how to move on from it, and how, understanding how to get up from when you fall is one of the biggest lessons, in my opinion, that you will need on the field and off the field. So I feel like mental stability and being able to like just be confident overall is one of the biggest things that can define a baseball player as a whole. Great answer. Great answer. Uh, Dave, you want to follow on that? Yeah, that's that's the, uh, the Popeye. I am, I am what I am, right? You are who you are. 
when you yeah. uh, gun. You probably don't know who Popeye is, though, Alejandro, do you? I know he loves spinach. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's how you. That's your answer. How'd you get so? How'd you get so good? You ate your spinach every day. Yeah. Um, simple, simpler question, less deep than what Joe asked right there. But you know, who do you model your game after? What players do you watch? Who do you like? Um, who are some of the modern, older day players that you see yourself as? So I do have a few. Number one being my dad. Again, he's taught me everything. Like from like when I was a little kid, he like like just showed me like how to swing a bat. He he's the one who introduced the love of the sport to me, and I'm thankful for that. I have had like several coaches, several players again, but one of them also being the late Tony Fernandez who passed away. Um, he he worked with me so much, and like I'm so thankful for it. And it's just. Like I like he taught me how to turn a double plate and basically like he taught me the correct way to turn it and I'm just like he's just one person who's had such an amazing impact on my life and he's definitely he definitely went too too young you know um, former shortstop can I, can I just jump in there because this yeah. is a wow that we have a link Alejandro because my boy worked with Tony Fernandez when he was about thirteen fourteen years old as well. Wow. Uh, you know, so he did. Yes, obviously, the, you know, Tony Fernandez was an amazing defensive player and he works. So I just want to interject that, that maybe that's, uh, you know, like I said, you never know with this sport. <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, I sometimes like my name, my main number that I love to wear <clears throat> is number 21 for Roberto Clemente. But if it's taken, my second number is always number six for Tony, like no matter what. And um, another player I love to like, um, follow like a little like would be Derek Jeter too. It's really basic. I know a lot of kids love Derek Jeter, but just like the way he's so athletic and like the way he turns, like it, it, it's just amazing. It like the first time I saw Derek Jeter play, my my jaw was just dropped. Like I just he was okay, right? He was an okay player, right? Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, no, and then the um currently. There's two players that like I I do look up to, um, Mookie Betts and um, Francisco Lindor, and Mookie Betts more specifically because I feel like he like he embodies what like it is to be like more of like a skinnier player on this on like like more of like a lanky player like and the thing that we have in common is that we're able to hit such far shots where people will be like in awe and they're like how is this guy doing that and I know a lot of people like see Mookie Betts you don't expect them to hit like such deep like like home runs and lead and stuff like that and like he still has speed and he's just an athletic like overall it's amazing and with same with Francisco Lindor like he's Puerto Rican and stuff and I and I'm Cuban and Puerto Rican so I feel like he represents our country so well and um, he's always smiling and that's one of the things that like I've always like got told like when I first joined my summer team, all the kids are calling me Smiley. And it's just, I, I always smile when I'm out on the field. I just love the game so much. It's just an amazing thing. And yeah, Francisco Lindor embodies all of that. No, I like that answer. And I, I read an article, but I'll pass it on to you because I know you're, you're learned. Um, you're 33% smarter and more creative when you smile. So um, just put that in your back pocket there. That may be why you're so creative on the field a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We've had you for about 35 minutes. Joe, do you have any parting shots or do you have more, more questions for? Yeah, I just want to do one, one more with, with Alejandro. Um, how much, Alejandro, do you sense? I, I know you, you're a student of the game. You love the game. How much do you sense that? Because I know a lot of us uh, people are getting a little bit older are worried about the future of the game, where the heads are of the, the younger, younger 
person? Uh, and do you are there? Do the kids talk the game? Are they? You know, what do you see the future of baseball and how it's being embraced uh, by kids your own age or in your age group? So I feel the future of baseball is definitely heading in the right direction, definitely more advanced. I can tell the technology and the technological adaptations that everyone has been making. Um, it's just amazing, like through, um, um, what's it called, social media. Um, it's definitely like getting more widespread in my opinion. And the little like fixes and things that like the um, MLB is doing is also making the game more, I guess, certain people would say exciting. So it's definitely starting to attract, I believe, more of an audience. And um, overall, I just feel like the game is also like being able to shine spotlights on like, again, people who are hidden. Like you, this um, podcast is a perfect example of like shining spotlights on hidden players. Mr. Versaro, Mr. D'Agostino, you guys do an amazing job on like just doing this. And for example, the um, showcase that you're planning to hold also um, July 12th is an amazing example of that too. And it just shows like that, there is still hope for anyone who's not committed. There's hope for people who are under the radar because even in the darkest, cloudiest days, there's still going to be a, a, shot, a sunshine. And that's that's just amazing, you know? I think that's a great place to end the show, Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to have our new, uh, our new intro song. It'll be You Are My Sunshine. That'll be your theme song. But um, Alejandro, phenomenal job. Um, phenomenal job. Very articulate. I think everybody sees how how and why Dartmouth identified you and I imagine there's gonna be a whole heck of a lot more especially with Joe running that showcase on July 12th we'll get that word out there we'll, we'll flood that market with college coaches um, certainly Florida's filled with enough we'll get some more down there to pump that pump that event up for you and for other kids down there so that would be our pleasure to do that so Thank you. Um, Joe I'll give our little message to the audience let you close us out Yep, go ahead. That's, that's good. Okay, just to our 19,600 subscribers, thank you so much for supporting us. Keep downloading, listening, liking, subscribing, but don't forget to rate and review. That's the way we battle the podcast world analytics like we do in baseball. Listen to us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher. Get us on Facebook. You can hit Real Voices of the Game on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, Man on Second for Joe. I get back to one person live every day. Everybody else I get a private message to. Just be patient. 72 countries, grassroots, the MLB front offices. We're just trying to build a better baseball IQ out here. And Joe, every week you do that. Every week you do. And we appreciate what you do for the network here. So um, with that, I'll let you close out your, your yeah. show. Uh, thanks, Dave. As, as always, uh, amazing job. And, and Alejandro Puig, thank you, my friend. Regards to you know your parents as well. And tell, tell them that we're, we're all pulling for you. And uh, I think our audience has got a good indication of why we are grassroots and and what we're aiming to do here on the network. Amazing messages from a great young man in Alejandro Puig. Thank uh, you. We're going to end it on a high note right there. Thanks again to everyone. Thanks for all the listeners. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll do our best. I know it's the holiday week, but we're going to, we're going to try to do our best next week to bring a nice quality show as well. But with that, I'm Joe for Man on second real voices of the game. And we are out of here.